guys, I'm Anna Kamashka, the host of Vika's show, where we talk with Web3 industry experts. And today our guest is Bradley Hall, who is the chairman and CEO of Icon Capital Reserve. So hello, Brad. Welcome to the hello, show. It's, it's a great pleasure to be here today. Thank you for hosting me. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. I know that you have just a huge entrepreneurial experience. And so if you could start with telling us a bit about your background. Your business sure, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to do that. I have been an entrepreneur uh, for my entire career. I grew up in Canada, and uh, for the last thirty-seven years, I've been working in finance and technology. So, uh, started a number of companies in Canada. Some of them went public. Uh, had a very successful hedge fund in Canada. Ended up uh, moving to Silicon Valley in the mid '90s, sort of the go-go days of the dot-com era, and uh, yeah. spent uh, some fun several fun years from about 96 to 2000 in uh, San Francisco. And then subsequent to that, I've been kind of all over the world. I've been investing in companies, launching companies, acquiring companies uh, in 30 countries. So if you think of places like Russia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, mm -hmm. Ukraine, uh, Latvia, of course, in the Americas, Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, down to Argentina, and uh, throughout Asia, Australia, New Zealand, uh, what we've been able to do over a very long period of time is roll up our sleeves, kind of across language, across culture, across geography, and find ways to build successful businesses. And uh, that's that's kind of what I've been up to. Yeah, that's amazing, really. And how did you uh, get into the Web3 space then? Well, you know, there's an interesting story there. Uh, we were uh, in Hong Kong. We had launched uh, the most successful new startup there uh, to build a gold trading platform. And at that time, we were thinking of we'd have to kind of, you know, secure space on uh, on fiber, global crossing, you know, create VPNs so that we could have a secure network that spanned the globe. And it was very capital intensive, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I had some of my old Silicon Valley uh, friends ranting and raving about Bitcoin. And, you know, you got to think back this 2012, 2013. And I was actually quite dismissive about the whole thing. But I ended up uh, going to a conference in Buenos Aires, <laughs> uh, 300 young guys, you know, jeans and T-shirts, uh, everybody was going to burn down the financial system, not, a, not yeah. a single business plan or, or business model in the room, but the energy was incredible. And I listened to, you know, Bitcoin Jesus, Roger Ver and these guys, and, and I kind of had an epiphany. I said, well, that's how we can do it. You know, we can mm -hmm. piggyback on distributed ledgers and use that as the basis for creating a a decentralized uh, network. And so we began mm -hmm. in in 2013, you know, the very early days. Yeah. And uh, that's how we started. Exactly. Yeah. Great. And um, so you're currently working in Icon, right? You, you've Correct. founded Icon. And yes. um, yeah, the website says that uh, Icon is changing the way we create, trade and store wealth. So could you... Uh, elaborate a bit on this well we are and and in fact uh we can't take any pride of authorship in terms of what we're doing because it's based on research that goes back to babylon so when money was created when banking was created when accounting started and at that time uh you would have traders on the you know the original silk road uh who would try and swap their they might have spices and the other might have silk and if they had what were called a coincidence of wants I wanted silk and you wanted 
cinnamon, we could do yeah. a deal. But if you were trying to sell something else or I was seeking something else, it made it very difficult to transact. And so back then, they would deposit uh, uh, an asset in the temple. The asset would be recorded on a ledger by the trusted religious authorities. And then against that ledger, they would create what were called ducats, which were like money. So when you were trading, mm -hmm. you could exchange these ducats knowing that you could go back to the temple and claim, claim whatever the underlying asset was. So after yeah. a lot of trial and error, you know, they used wheat, they used different things that, that didn't survive that long. Eventually, the consensus uh, became gold. And that was actually the basis for the central banking models that we see today is that there was gold as an asset. There was a ledger that was created uh, to sort of financialize that asset. And then against that financial asset, there was uh, liabilities that were created, which is what money is. And so we emulated that. We, we basically didn't invent it. We just said, hey, this has been working for 6,000 years. Why don't we do that? And what we've done is we've added sort of cutting edge encryption and distributed ledgers and, and sort of the uh, all of the tools that are necessary to allow us to use, you know, an, uh, an old asset based monetary system and, and reintroduce it into the world today. Yeah. OK, so could you tell us a bit how it actually works? So for 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 the beginner, for our listeners sure. to understand. Yeah. Particularly. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'll give you the 50,000 foot view, as we say. And um, yeah. well, what we, what, what we did is we, we initially decided to focus on uh, ultra high net worths and family offices. So there were a couple of reasons. One is that when they were creating, uh, you know, intergenerational wealth, their view shifted to protecting that wealth. And so there wasn't really a lot of uh, speculation or they weren't, you know, thinking about tokens or is this token going to be worth 3000% more or something. They were more interested in protecting their current wealth, which was very important. And yeah. there was also a pretty firm understanding that gold underpins the world's financial system. So when you have successful families, they get it. You know, they they may have a manufacturing business or some other business, but the the earnings that they're creating, they're storing them in real estate. They're storing mm -hmm. them in, in fine art. They're storing uh, these assets in gold, in real things, uh, because they yeah. know that those are those are what's sustainable. So we looked at these models for storage, and we discovered that a lot of families understood gold and the role that it played, and they stored gold in vaults that were outside the banking system, which would insulate them from any you know sort of shenanigans. But the challenge was um, you lose what's called velocity, which means that if you have a store of value sitting in a, in a, in a vault somewhere, it, mm -hmm. it secures the value, but you're not doing anything with that value. And so that was one of the things we set out to, to fix was how can we add velocity or how can we, you know, create some momentum for this value? So we work with vaults. And if you think of places all over the world, so you think of Shanghai in the, in the gold zone and Hong Kong under the airport in, in Hong Kong and in uh, Singapore, the free zone, which is right at Shanghai Airport. Uh, Dubai, where I'm sitting today at the DMCC, which is the multi-commodity center. Um, and Switzerland, our partners in Switzerland uh, operate a former mi a military facility. It's inside a mountain. It's got a private airstrip. It's very 007. It's a very cool place. Yeah. And, and uniquely, all of these vaults are fully insured by Lloyd's of London, but they all sit outside the banking system. And so what you do is you get an enhanced level of privacy. You don't need mm -hmm. to um, report from a regulatory perspective any of the assets you hold in these vaults, which is very important for privacy. So 
if you were to deposit gold as we do, a one kilo bar into the vault, you get what's called a safekeeping receipt or SKR for short. Now, mm-hmm. a safekeeping receipt will have all of the hallmarks of the gold bar. So it'll have a refinery stamp. It'll have a weight and measure, purity. And uh, it'll also have a, a stamp right on the bar. So you know that you have a unique bar. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, these have never been deemed to be securities, although they act like bearer bonds. So when I go to the, the vault and I give them my SKRs, I get the gold. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we took the SKRs and we converted them into a financial instrument that we call a Sintamani. <coughs> Excuse me. And Sintamani is simply a reserve instrument. And so all that means is we take a physical bar and we convert it into a financial bar. And we link them together so that we have proof that the physical bar is backing the financial bar. One uh-huh. kilo Sintamani is linked to one kilo uh, physical bar. Now we register these bars on Hedera which is a distributed ledger. It's uh, a blockchain. Mm-hmm. And the minute we do, minute we do that, the minute we do that, the uh, sorry about that. The minute we do that, um, the Sintamani are locked, which means they can't be rehypothecated or leveraged. And uh-huh. that that creates what we call an immutable record. It can't. I can't manipulate it. I can't do anything with it. It's it's uh, absolute. Now, when the Sintamani is registered, it also releases a thousand Orioles. AU Real, as the name implies, is is gold money. So each Oriole is a one gram weight and measure of gold. And that's meant to circulate uh-huh. as money. So when Orioles go into a digital wallet, it's like your own, you could call it a, a virtual a Swiss safety deposit box. It uh-huh. has encrypted keys. And the address of that wallet is published publicly. So anybody, if you want to send or receive, you can find the address. But the owner of that wallet is not published publicly. So you have anonymity. You have sort of privacy. Uh-huh. So Orioles, Orioles go into a wallet, and now the holder's been able to mitigate three key risks. One is a systemic risk. You know, if the financial system resets, you're sitting outside the financial system. Uh, the other is, a, is an FX risk or a currency risk. If you're worried about dollars dropping in value, it's denominated as a one-gram weight measure of gold. And of course, the third risk is creditor risk. You're not uh, sitting in a bank like Credit Suisse or, or one of the U.S. banks that just you know sort of imploded. So you you're sitting outside. Now, mm-hmm. I I can send any quantum of Orioles, any any amount of Orioles anywhere in the world from my wallet to another computer or another wallet. So where are you sitting today? You're in Turkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in Dubai. So I could send you. 100 million worth of Orioles from Dubai to your wallet in Turkey. And though that transaction, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's try it, huh? I'm sure you'd be happy to try that. Let, let's do that for your listeners. So, yeah. Um, so uh, that transaction will be recorded on Hedera, and it, they use a consensus model where they have IBM, uh, Boeing, Google, all the biggest companies in the world operate their consensus or their verification, if you will. <laughs> And that transaction will clear, settle, and be irrevocably registered on Hedera in less than one second, all without going through a bank. Now, mm-hmm. because it's fully gold-backed, you don't have the volatility. So you have the certainty of knowing that if I send you uh, 1,000 worth of Orioles, you receive 1,000 worth of Orioles. Now, what we do as a business is we charge uh, 3% for that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very transparent. Mm-hmm. And 1% is earned by us as a company. 
Uh, 1% is earned by our distribution partners. So we expect, you know, basically we split the fees with our partners. And 1% is automatically credited into a, a wallet for the Real Hearts of Gold Foundation. And the foundation is focused on providing nutrition, education, and opportunity for kids around the world. So yeah, that's great. while we go around the world and we try and add, you know, banking for the unbanked, uh, that's a very noble cause. But the reality is some kids just need breakfast. They need shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, they need water. They need a school. And so we invest in those things with the idea being the more people we can sort of give them a step up on the ladder, uh, starting with nutrition, ultimately they, they can join the economy and start to attach their labor to their compensation. And so that's really, uh, you know, the biggest and most important thing that we do. Mm -hmm. Now, the Orioles, and what we do, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. No, no, I just wanted to ask how uh, one person can actually proceed with getting those uh, Orioles. Yeah, it's a great question. Great timing. Uh, on the uh, ultra high net worth, we call a family office or the institutional side. Um, we have, a, a, we've created an ETF type tracker. So mm -hmm. we load Orioles onto a certificate. It's a security. It mm -hmm. trades on the Austrian Bourse, uh, which is a specialist exchange. Um, it's available on Bloomberg, which is sort of the platform for institutional traders. Mm -hmm. And asset managers, banks, and institutions can buy it as a security. Now, we don't charge a load. It's a 0% load, 0% management fee. And um, so for asset managers, it's, it's the cheapest and safest way to store money. It's cheaper than a Swiss bank account, which has negative interest rates. Mm -hmm. And it's fully gold back, so it's safer. So that's one one way we do it. The other way we do it is we're building what are called icon limitless uh, wallets. So it's uh, it's like a banking interface. If you anybody uses online banking, it's very similar to that, except mm -hmm. that it's uh, got a lot more security. So within that wallet, we include the ability for KYC and AML, which means we can onboard you, and we could do mm -hmm. that in about seven seconds anywhere in the world. Uh, we include uh, we're in the process of buying a fintech license in Switzerland, which means it sort of like a bank. So we can offer bank accounts in any currency, multi-currencies. We also offer a, a credit card where you can pledge Orioles as security and for mm -hmm. spend on the card. And we have uh, sort of links into liquidity. So exchange-like, so you don't have to send the Orioles into an exchange. You can actually just buy and sell them right in the wallet. So that's one aspect of, of the sort of ultra high net worth. The mass market wallet goes a little bit beyond that. And then it's what, what we call gamified. So it's, uh -huh. it's got an educational component. What we do is we want to acknowledge people. We want to uh, teach them. We want to reward them. And so the 1% that I, I mentioned that we split with distribution partners, in the mass market wallet, which is called an Icon iPay wallet, we mm -hmm. actually include that in the wallet. And we are working with the uh, one of the leading firms on these types of remuneration uh, packages where we can split that across seven levels. So that if you join uh, ICON and you bring mm -hmm. your friends or your family or your, your, your brothers or sisters, when they start to participate with Orioles, not only do they get the education and a little bit of a training about how the wallet works, about how distributed ledgers work, about how money works, about how uh -huh. to save, all of these important things, when your friends participate, we break up those fees that ordinarily would go to distribution partners and we deliver them directly to the partners who own the wallets. So not only can you learn about money and how to save and how to attach 
you know, compensation to your own labor, but you also will learn or earn forever uh, uh-huh. just by having your friends participate. So every time an Oreo moves around, cha-ching, you get another uh, another yeah. addition into your wallet. So you learn and you earn. And, and our goal really mm-hmm. is to teach people what money is, because a lot of people have no clue what money is. I know that I was active yeah. in finance and technology for many years, and I was focused on uh, earning money. I never really thought about what is money? How is money created? Yeah. And and so that's a little bit of a shift. We're trying to help people understand, you know, how money works. It's really information. All it is is information. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's interesting. And as, yeah. as you get a handle on that, you also get a chance to 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 earn. Yeah, great. And um, I'm sure you have this information on your website, right? We uh, do, and uh, yeah? you'll see very shortly uh, an updated website uh, from us that that will. Uh-huh be a little more elaborate in terms of explaining this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we started doing this uh, back in 2013, so very early on. And we built on top of Bitcoin, which was the original uh, protocol. But we just found it was a little too slow and too expensive. You know, we could only clear four transactions per minute. Sometimes it would mm-hmm. take days. And the cost was, you know, $20 plus. And so our thought was that's not really commercially viable. And so we switched to, we were fortunate enough to meet some of the uh, founders of Ethereum, uh, Joe Lubin mm-hmm. and Vitalik and these guys. And and so we built on Ethereum, which provided a quantum leap forward, much quicker, 15 transactions mm-hmm. per second, but still, you know, fairly expensive. And when you think of, you know, credit cards, the, the Discover card was launched in 1950. So this is, you know, very, very old, 73-year-old technology. And credit cards networks can clear and settle 1,700 transactions per second. So to try and establish yourself as a new payment system and be, do 15 transactions per second is is not going to work. So now we're yeah. with Hedera. We built it out over the last two years, and we can clear 10,000 transactions per second. And we've reduced our underlying costs to one one-thousandth of a penny. And mm-hmm. that's what technology is. Technology is always faster, cheaper. So we now have it. It's yeah. faster, cheaper. It's faster than credit cards. It's cheaper than any other alternative. And it's got the security of knowing that it's fully gold back. So when you send value around the world, it's not you're not going to run into the volatility and you know uh, yeah, have, yeah. have those issues to deal with. Great. And I also wanted to ask you when you started uh, talking about money, uh, what do you think about uh, US dollar? Where will it go in the next well years? Well, now you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, there's a monetary scholar, Dr. Edwin Vieira from Harvard, who is uh, probably the the key expert in the world. And we we study his work very carefully. And he has sort of analyzed currencies and he's recognized a trend. The average age of a currency is about 27 years. And Uh every currency dies, 100% of them, except for one, which is gold. Gold is the only one that survived. Now, he's also identified complex financial systems that run 30 to 40 year cycles. And so as you start with assets in, in the in the financial cycle, you add debt, you add more debt, you add more debt until it becomes unsustainable. And then it implodes mm-hmm. and we start over with gold. Gold is always the numerator that we start with. So with the US dollar, if you think about it, it was gold backed from Bretton Woods. Uh, it was a global reserve currency, fully convertible to gold until 1971 when Nixon closed the gold window. So as of 71, it was no longer gold backed. Now, what happened in the ensuing two years is you had hyperinflation. You know, the price of gas went crazy in the U.S. and 
1973, they cut a deal with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to clear and settle all of their oil in dollars. And so since 73, we've had kind of the petrodollar, which has been used. Uh, the U.S. has provided you know, military and clearance to keep the oil flowing. And in return, the Saudis have, have cleared and settled in dollars. Now, what's happened in 2023 is the BRICS alliance, which are, started off with Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, has now grown to 81 countries. And the GDP of the BRICS alliance countries is now over 50%. So the G7, of which the U.S. is one, is now less than 50% of global GDP. So we're at a real pivotal point in, in monetary history right now. Mm -hmm. The BRICS countries have all said we're no longer supporting a unipolar uh, currency settlement system. And in, in plain English, that means the dollar is coming to the end of its life. And mm -hmm. I can't tell you if that will be uh, next Tuesday or two months or two years from now, yeah. but I can tell you that it's when, it's not if, it's a certainty. And that's what we started uh -huh. building this for was we knew that based on the cycles of, of financial systems and based on our study of currencies and banking, that eventually the dollar would be replaced and it's happening right now and we're seeing it happen in real time. And, and that when that happens, gold is reasserted as the sort of the base currency, as the, what we call a numeraire. And so that's also mm -hmm. happening now. So that's what we built this company uh, over the last decade is in anticipation of, of the dollar kind of coming to the end of its, its, its existence. Yeah, I see, I see. That's true. That's so good that we are in, in Web3 space. <laughs> We're in the right, right direction. Yes. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, Brett, for this wonderful conversation. Uh, guys, as always, at the end of our interview, I need to announce our giveaway. Uh, you can come up with your questions to our guest, to Brett, and write them under this video in comments and in several days we will select the most interesting question and the the author will get a prize a bitcoin mining contract from ecos so good luck right. with this so thanks so much well, brad my, for being with us my pleasure thank you for your time i've uh, very much enjoyed the conversation and me too I, uh, if i would if i would just simply extend one wish to your readers is um learn all you can about this this is important. This is like the internet in the 90s. It's going to change the way uh, that you deal with money in your life. And so don't be afraid of it. Don't be intimidated by it. Right now, it's a little bit confusing. But over time, you know, hopefully we'll introduce uh, some wallets and things that are easy to use. And, you know, a five-year-old can use them and an 85-year-old can use them. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly worth your while to join groups like the ones you've created. Try and learn as much as you can uh, because... As we say, the genie's out of the bottle. It's it's here. It's uh, it, distributed ledgers are here. Web three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. My pleasure. Great chat. All right. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>